All right, welcome back to Mixed Media. We just uh, finished uh, Ben's segment, which was an uh, interview with a uh, composer that we, uh, whose, whose music we reviewed last time. Uh, and uh, yeah, that was super interesting. So you can check out that uh, episode if you missed that. But now we're on to the video game section. And uh, I will be talking about uh, exclusives, um, specifically console exclusives. And I'm going to be making a case for why this should exist. Uh, which is a very, very, very unpopular opinion. In fact, I don't know if I know a single person who shares this opinion. <laughs> Hot <laughs> take time. Personal. Yeah, clearly the people who, who you know, who are uh, making these exclusives are, you know, filled with it, but I never personally put them to someone who's been like, yeah, it makes a lot of sense to me. But, uh, all right, let's get into it. Firstly, uh, the definition of what a uh, exclusive is. So, or at least particularly the ones I'm talking about here, right? So, an exclusive is something a game that is developed for one pro- for one or more platforms, but not you know the three main ones, or I guess four. Okay, I'm gonna say like not three main ones, right? So, not PC, Xbox, and PlayStation altogether, right? Um, and uh, either never ported to the other platforms, or they're ported upon an agreed upon time that is set by uh, the uh, platform's manufacturer, or you know, like like, uh, like Microsoft, Sony, or, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, in the case of PC, there is no platform manufacturer like that but uh, yeah so i guess pc exclusives don't exist in in the, in the way i'm talking about them although they technically exist when i'm talking about them they're not relevant um and again to why they're good so the developer gets money right and this is you know pretty clear so the way the deal works is usually like microsoft's like hey uh or i guess like sony's like hey naughty dog like just develop the last of us for playstation and we'll give you like x amount of dollars right and some deals say like X amount, like we'll, you know, we'll give you this amount of money, but you you know you have to keep it on our platform only, but only for a certain amount of time. And like Nadia's case is just forever, as far as I'm aware. So you know, you get stuff like that. And Nadia was like, oh yeah, this makes sense for me. So I'm going to you know take the hit on the amount of people who are going to be buying my games because not literally everyone has a PlayStation. But uh, you know, I'll get that uh, upfront cash. Well, I don't know if it's upfront, but I'll get some cash from uh, Sony. So uh, why is this good? Well, it puts the developers in a safer position financially. So if you think about like this is more relevant towards small developers, maybe indie developers. You know, it's sort of a scary state to be in when you're small and you don't know if your game's going to sell, right? Because your business relies on it selling. You know, bigger companies can take a hit, right? Like they can take. It can, it's okay. They have enough money saved over the years that if their game doesn't uh, perform well. It's okay. They still have backup reserves of money, and they can build a new game, and hopefully that you know that that'll that'll do it. But for small developers, this is actually a problem. Uh, you know, the video game industry is a notoriously poor paying one. So for the indie developer, they don't necessarily have the means to take the hit, um, and uh, without you know having to like get another job, right? And uh, that's going to definitely take a toll on the quality of the game. So. Yeah, they're they're, they're going to be in a uh, nicer finance position, which means you know you get a lot of bonuses from that. So you know, one this is I guess more relevant towards the uh, I guess bigger players the AAA scene is that you have a bit more room to experiment, right? So I mean, say what you will about the AAA uh, scene, I guess maybe they don't really experiment uh, much, but at least this gives them the option, right? So if there's there's a nice good uh, AAA studio. At least have the option to experiment with things, right? Because if it doesn't go good, then it's okay because at least the platform paid them some money, anyways, right? They uh, can a lot money from this to future projects, right? So maybe they won't even spend the money on their current project, but at least they know maybe the next game in the series or just another game entirely. They know they can go big on it because they had that they had that paycheck from uh, from uh, whoever. 
Um, and, it, and it can bring a happier mental state to the employees of the company, specifically a smaller company where they actually don't know if the company is going to survive, right? So you can pay your employees more or you can, you know, save that and you not have to worry about, you know, the employees don't have to worry as much about losing their job anymore because they know that your next game is already funded. And uh, yeah, so for the consumers, it's also good to some degree, I guess. So for one, the consumers may get a better product, right? So the game, if they got the money up front. Uh, then the game development company may choose to put it back into the current game that they're, you know, making and stuff like that. So, you know, increased budget may mean the game ends up being better. Maybe their art budget's better, you know, maybe their music budget's better, however, or maybe they just allow to develop it for longer. Because they're doing it for longer, they can be, uh, you know, they can be more pre- precise about it and polish it more, stuff like that. And so the consumer, you know, hopefully gets the better product out of it. If not, if they ended up spending the money on something, uh, another another game down the road then at least that game is probably going to be better right so in some way shape or form i'll probably end up making the game better the product is tailored for the the, the platform that you're playing on right so maybe it takes uh it takes uh, advantage of like the playstation controllers like uh what do you call those things the um, like the tension that they the variable tension they have in the mm. trigger right um, for Xbox, they really have no unique features, so I guess it's just an L for them. <laughs> but uh, for like Rip. Nintendo stuff, right? Like all their stuff is like random, like unique technology, right? That, that you can't uh, have elsewhere, right? Like I'm trying to play Wii Sport on a PC, like it doesn't really sound like a fun time. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, that's the the point is that the hardware is for it, right? <laughs> Um, so, uh, yeah, as well for the developers, uh, they no longer have to worry about porting, right? So porting being just taking a game from one platform and moving it to another platform. Uh, it's going to be very expensive sometimes, depending on the studio, they may decide to outsource that. So they just, there are, there are companies that are dedicated to porting games, you give them the game and they're like, Hey, put this on Xbox. It's a currently a PC game. And they're like, okay. And you know, at the end of paying them, I do that. And then it comes out, right? Mm-hmm. Promise sometimes it's buggy. Sometimes maybe it works smoothly on one platform, but whoever ported it over, maybe it's another in-house or not, just didn't do a good job towards whatever platform. Maybe it's unstable. Maybe it uh, crashes a lot. Whatever it is, maybe it just glitches as well. It makes the game a lot harder to maintain. So yeah, this is something you uh, understand. You know, from a programming background, like if you have like you can think about it like a, like you know, like a version control system, right? Like in the main branch. You want to have one version. You want to have like one version, right? Everyone's working on that, like one version, essentially, right? That's like, like the desired goal is to have as little different versions as possible, right? You all want to mm-hmm. work on the same version, so like, you can work on the same like you know sort of truth of the thing. If you get what I'm saying, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you have a port, right? The reason why you get bad ports a lot of times is that the port, the like having a port that actually ports it for like a whole different system, right? It's gonna require things to be, to go differently. For example. Uh, I guess a very common thing is the key mapping, right? Using a controller and a, sometimes using like yeah, using a controller, you have like a sort of unique need for like weird optimizations, right? Because you don't have any buttons on a controller, unlike a keyboard where you have you know all twenty six letters, all ten numbers, all billion symbols, right? Yeah, so you have you have, you have this problem where a lot of times games will be like, okay, so in order to do this thing, you have to tap this button twice instead of pressing it once because we know we need some way of you doing this without having to use extra buttons. Or you need to press mm-hmm. this combination of buttons, whatever it is. Or press this button, which opens a menu. Oh, a good good example is GTA. If you want to choose a weapon, like it's a very odd system on PC, right? This is yeah. more of a normal thing on, on console where you press a button, it opens a wheel of weapons, and then you can just choose which one you want from there because you don't have like 
a trillion numbers to, to choose from like you have on keyboard for your weapon. So the reason why I do that is because porting is hard. And so if you had a, a system where the PC version was different, it didn't have the same console thing, you essentially have two separate versions of the game now, right? Uh, and this is what I was talking about, the version control thing. Now you're, you know, if you want to update the game, you have to update both of these versions, which are slightly different, and you might run with, into certain problems that are platform specific because of like the weird way that you decided to change something. You know, this is, I was just talking about UI in that case, but you know, there are other things too that you need to change to fit uh, that, that sort of thing. And uh, yeah, I can kind of, like, that's one of the reasons why uh, a lot of developers don't develop for Linux, for example, or for Mac, because even though they're, you know, still a computer in the same way that a Windows computer is a computer, you're still going to have unique glitches and you're, you're going to have a separate version of that game now because you need to fix the glitch only on this one thing because the code can't be the same for whatever reason, right? Especially if you're doing low-level stuff, right? It's not going to be the same at all, right? If you're working in like a high-level engine like, uh, like Unity or Unreal Engine, at least probably be the same, but some things you still might have to fix because of just weird, odd platform quirks. And uh, yeah, so having those two different... Like, when you're trying to build upon the game, right, and you're updating the game or something like that, these versions are going to get more and more different. And you're going to get to points where, like, maybe the person, you know, the person is tasked with fixing this bug and they're like, I don't even know how this part works because I didn't code it. And it's like a separate version that I have not been working on this entire time. So, uh, yeah, that's the problem with porting. And that's why uh, uh, ports are so bad a lot of times. Another good thing about uh, exclusives is that the platform is a certain, essentially curated, right? So, say for xbox microsoft essentially says yeah this is a game that i am willing to like allow a pass through and uh and i'll you know i'll sponsor it i'll, I'll let, let it be an exclusive and it curates the platform with uh, supposedly good games right this solves uh, the problem of what's called the uh, indie apocalypse which i hate the name of that so i'm just going to call it <laughs> the oversaturation problem uh, where uh you know indie developers have a problem where there's so many games in the market so many of them are, are absolutely free for example right don't even like take minuscule in-app purchases for example how do you compete with those people right when there are yeah. so many of them, it's just like the supply is humongous and the demand isn't isn't enough to to you know saturate that supply. So it sort of makes your games a little bit more worthless <laughs> in the eyes of more people because they're like, oh, maybe this game is X amount of money, but I can just play this other game, right? It's cheaper, or whatever. And there's an argument uh, to whether this oversaturation problem actually exists. I'm going to say it does, and for the sake of argument, we're going to assume it does. You know, you notice that like the oversaturation oversaturation problem is really mostly a problem on PC. That's like the context people talk about it on, right? Because go to Steam. And you'll find like a stupid amount of games because uh, Steam used to curate their games, but they don't do that anymore. Now it's, I mean, it's, oh, there's a, Steam Greenlight doesn't exist anymore, right? I don't even know how it works anymore. I have no clue. However it works, it's not that hard to put your game on Steam. That's all, that's all I know. Uh, and so, yeah, you have you have this uh, problem. Whereas on uh, Xbox, for example, right, the barrier to entry is a bit greater with things like exclusives appearing, you've essentially, you're taking away games from the pool, right? So, Xbox exclusives take away games from the pool of PlayStation games and PC games, right? It sort of solves this problem, right? Of sort of partitioning games into their separate platforms. And now it's easier as an indie developer to release a game for Xbox, for example, right? Because there are a lot, a lot less games on there. There's a lot less competition going on over there. Especially, you know, there's like, you know, you're not going to you're not going to find those like free games on xbox that are like you know that are, that are well made and but for some reason the developer just decided they want to underpay themselves this time so yeah <laughs> yeah and the sort of side effect of this is that you can be somewhat more assured that the product you're buying is a bit more quality right because uh whoever uh, is deciding on the exclusives essentially gave the okay they said yeah i'm willing to spend 
you know, a couple thousand dollars, tens of thousands of dollars to lock this game on my platform. I wanted this to be a selling point of my platform. You know, I'm going to advertise the heck. They're, they're also going to spend money on advertising too, right? They're going to, they're going to, they're going to they're advertise the game for you, really. <laughs> yeah. They spend like some amount of money on advertising because uh, they believe in the game, right? I mean, sometimes these don't turn out well, uh, but oftentimes they do, right? The exclusive people are often out of touch with you know what makes a good game, so that can happen sometimes where it's just bad. But uh, most time. That's fine. Here comes the question. If all this stuff is so great, why don't people actually like it? So, like, it's, like, ubiquitous, ubiquitously not liked amongst the consumers. Um, and I, I was one of these people who were just like, oh, yeah, this is bad, right? I can't play this on my platform, whatever. Right. But I don't think this should be a problem, right? Because nobody hates on games that are not paid exclusives, right? So, for example, let's take uh, Minecraft and Counter-Strike, right? Both games that for, now they're cross-platform, but they were not cross-platform for a very, very long time, right? And Counter-Strike actually had a good, good, like a pretty good reason. It's just like, how would you play this on a console? <laughs> Wait, can you now play Counter-Strike on console? Is that a thing? Yes. Yes. It's so like, why? That's bizarre. Like, it's like, it's like, this is not like, it, like, it's like not the kind of game, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you know, I understand. You know, I don't know saying you, there should be no shooters on consoles. I think there should be, right? But like Counter-Strike, it's such a weird, like... <laughs> Like it's all about like the the you know like the millisecond uh, reaction. The time. one it's pixel, like, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like every frame <laughs> matters, kind of thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> or on uh, Xbox is a bit, you know, like it sounds awkward. You see someone, you're like pulling on the stick trying to trying to look at them. <laughs> yeah, gotta buy the Xbox uh, branded uh, keyboard and mouse, you know. Oh yeah, they now allow. Uh, uh, they didn't used to allow, uh, you know, keyboard and mice on uh, consoles because. That would be a bit OP if you were uh, playing a shooter and you were the only person with a keyboard and mouse. You're probably just going to win by default, right? But now they allow that on Xbox, which is a strange play in my opinion. I get it in some sense, right? People want to play on the keyboard, but like you kind of screw over a lot of people with that one. <laughs> so yeah. it'd be interesting if they had it locked so that you can only play like, uh, like shooters you can only play with. Um, maybe the game could know what you're using, right? So if you have a keyboard plugged in, you'd be like, no, nah, you can't play this. Or maybe you can play in like a keyboard-only lobby, for example, or like a mixed lobby. That'd be interesting. Instead of like forcing everyone to, to endure the pain <laughs> being destroyed right yeah. now. But uh, yeah, nobody hates uh, Minecraft and Counter Strike for being uh, PC exclusives for like a really long time. Also, uh, Counter Strike is also owned by Valve, so it also makes a lot of sense why you left it on the Steam and put it anywhere else. So why is it a problem that's only like this would be a problem if like like uh, someone was playing was paying Minecraft or Counter Strike to keep it on on the platform? People would be like, oh, this is not paid exclusive. So my reasoning as to why they don't like this is because people just don't like developers making money. Is what's pretty much my uh, my uh, my uh, takeaway. I'm like, there are so many problems in the game industry. It's just like. People just don't like like the idea of developers making more money than they do already, I guess, which is already like not a lot relative to how much they should make. You know, you can be like, oh, but like, you know, like EA is making like seven trillion dollars every seven days or whatever, right? It's like there's not a majority of like <laughs> of the community. And even then, based on their sales, they're not making as much as you think they would, you know. Like yeah. sell some stupid amount of games out of like, you know, battlefield copies, for example, right? Uh, need for speed. EA Sports, that's crazy. EA Sports is crazy. It's millions, right? The money they make, like, you think they'd be like, I mean, they're actually giants, right? But like, you think they have more. <laughs> yeah. Very strange. Like, it's weird how, I mean, I guess it's good in a sense, but it's weird how like every failure actually affects them in some way. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. like 
in a deeper way. It's like actually a deep cut, you know what I'm saying? Like if a game flops, it's not like, oh, well, all right, we'll just come back. It's not, it's not like, it's not like Marvel, right? Where it's like, yeah. we'll just keep making these things over and over or Disney in general, <laughs> I guess. We'll just keep making these things over and over. If it fails, like, all right, whatever. It really didn't, did, did, it did not matter. <laughs> yeah. It's because not games are just that much more expensive and these companies aren't nearly as large. So like games expensive, companies smaller. So it's like, I mean, I have to really actually tread lightly. Yeah. And uh, oversaturation problem, right? Like the percentage of people who have watched the Marvel movie in the past year is probably insane, right? Because of yeah. people who played an EA game in the past year, it was like not that insane. I played one EA game uh, in the past year. I mean, given if, if the movie theaters were open, I would not be surprised if I'd seen two Marvel movies, like or two Disney movies, let's just say, like within uh, within the past year, right? Yeah. So uh, that's pretty insane. And those and those the, <laughs> and the game like. Yeah, the cost is just like messed up. But uh, yeah, pretty much uh, all I have to say. Yeah, people just don't. I don't know. They're like, it's like, oh, they're intentional. Like the thing is, like this happens. Like like indie developers don't tend to port because uh, it's expensive, right? But not like in the same sense, they're just they're making more money by not porting, by not by not making it on one platform. <laughs> right? yeah. difference in this scenario is that someone's giving them money instead of they're just saving, right? I guess yeah. sort of both. They're both saving and someone's giving them money, right? At the same time, they lose customers. So it's, I don't know, whatever. I don't, I don't get why this is any different than uh, anything else. I think it's just healthy for the uh, market in general. Solves those oversaturation problem. Solves like you know, specifically indie, indie developers not having too much, not having enough money. And all of them get like big breaks from like these uh, exclusive deals because like like oh finally I have the resources to make something good, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, essentially they act like a publisher. You know, you pitch your game to them, and they're like, oh great, I'll give you money. Publisher usually have to give the money back somehow right <laughs> you pay a percentage back for example whereas i guess a exclusive on a console is a lot less risky because you just pay they pay you and you're pretty much done you know yeah um i don't think they tend to have like contracts where they ha- they lose creative freedom over what they're doing um unlike a publisher where you can't actually lose like some creative freedom over what you're doing so uh yeah that's interesting i think it again goes back into uh the whole the gaming industry doesn't really communicate very well with with people <laughs> Uh, they'll just kind of ignore people when they say, oh, why is this exclusive? And they'll just not say anything. It's like, why don't you just say it's because it makes economic sense and here's why. <laughs> I mean, yeah. what can people say to that? You know, like, no. Yeah, Naughty Dog just said, you know, they could, they could just, like, all they could say is like, this will make our game better, right? And it's like, wow, that makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? More money <laughs> equals more good, probably. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Just, just explain. It's really that simple. And if people reject your explanation, I mean, they're stupid. So I don't, I don't really know. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't even know what to say. Oh, I like to point out. I just, I was thinking about like the, the fact that I played an EA game. I only played it because it was free. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what game was it? It was Battlefront. It was free for like you know, free to keep for whatever time Epic Games had it going. Also, ah, I like gotcha. to point out that like Steam is sort of like if we're not going to knock on like PC exclusives, I think we should more than we should console exclusives. They're a lot worse. Like like uh, Valve in particular, it's just like pretty nasty <laughs> as a as a company towards uh, developers. Not like they like, like outwardly like mistreating people in a way. I mean, sort of. They just don't like people just don't get paid essentially, right? <laughs> Not not within. I mean, like the developers, right? Like Steam takes thirty percent, whatever. Consoles take thirty percent. That's fine, right? Then like. They don't help, like you know, in the fact that like it's more like uh like they just like you know it's more about the quantity, right? Not about the quality, right? Mm-hmm. Epic Games, I say, is like the other way around, right? Like we have the good games, right? We have exclusives, whatever, right? Steam is like we're gonna put every single game on this thing, and like 
it literally doesn't care if these studios die. Like <laughs> it's kind of like Amazon almost like it's just mm-hmm. like the place, the store for, for, for literally anything you yeah, want to get yeah, your hands but, on. Yeah. Which is a problem because oversaturation and also like these steam sales are actually bad because you're oh. just teaching people that like, just wait, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. if you, like a majority of the sales are always sold for every single game. Majority of the sales are always during the sale time and the sales are like, does the developer have a choice in whether their game goes on sale or not? Or is I was actually just... reading on that earlier. Uh, doesn't seem so. <laughs> seems what? Like actually just like, <laughs> apparently nobody knows what games will go on sale except the Steam employees, which I'm like, what? You know Steam also won't let you sell your game for a cheaper price at another store. Wait, 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 so, wait. That's the biggest L of Steam of all, then. If your game could randomly go on sale and you could lose money on on, on your game because I think, it just... Sorry, this is, for the, this is for the big sales. I'm pretty sure, like... Outside of the big sales, I'm pretty sure it's up to you. Okay. I'm not entirely sure. Right? But from what I was reading, it seems like the person that nobody knows except the Steam employees is like, huh, wow, for the big sales, very specifically, right? I was wondering, I was like, why did they do that? Why did they do that to themselves? I don't think they do that to themselves. I think, I yeah. think it's forced upon them because no one likes this. You know what I'm saying? No developer is like, oh, hooray, sale time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially because sometimes there'll be like games that are popping off on sale. But then they'll be on sale. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure you could get the same amount of sale. Well, not the same amount, but you get sufficient sales uh, normally because this is like in the in the conversation game right now, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I'll be surprised. It's like forty percent off, and I'm like, okay. I mean, mm-hmm. interesting. It's crazy. Sometimes games will uh, will increase their price right before right before it goes on sale. So when it goes on sale, if it goes on sale, then uh, the, pr- the the price is more normal. Which is illegal. Interesting. In many countries. <laughs> but, oh wow! I didn't even yeah. know. That, I didn't know that was illegal. Wow. Yeah, you can't. Uh, I, you know, laws vary, but you can't. In certain places, you can't. Uh, I don't know if it's. I don't know what it's like in the U.S. Maybe it's. I don't know if it's per state or however it is, but uh, I'm not even sure it's a thing here. But uh, I know in some places definitely, uh, you can't raise the price before you put it on a sale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seems a bit shady. Yeah, I think GTA did that. It's one of the things that did that. I'm like, that's not like. It's kind of a scam. <laughs> I get why I did that. It was definitely a scam, actually. Yeah. I mean, you put it on the platform. You agreed to the things, right? Like, you knew it was going to happen. Yeah. It's very odd, because it's GTA, right? Like, are you really not going to buy GTA because it's not on Steam? Are you really, would you really be upset if it's on Epic Games instead? It's GTA. Come on. Just buy it there instead. Yeah, no, I don't think... I mean, they could probably just... Rockstar could probably just make their own store, and they, yeah, they have yeah. enough clout to just pull people onto their store. Alright, uh, I have a bit of news. Uh, uh, Xbox Game Pass is not coming to other consoles in the quote near future. I mean, I figure it never come because, like, why would it? Right? Literally, Xbox Game Pass, um, <laughs> yeah. and uh, that's kind of the Xbox's selling point. Oh, those are Xbox exclusives, I just realized. But uh, yeah, or Xbox slash PC exclusives. Some, some of them, not all of them. The title says in the near future, right? I'm trying to see if they ever actually say near future, just never. You know, so it could be misleading because, like. I don't get why it would ever like why would that happen. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really make much sense. <laughs> uh, the quote is, "You know, evolution always takes time." Oh gosh, no! Is he actually going to do it? There are different strengths that different companies have built through hard work. Some of these changes they might see as disruptive, and they'll have their own kind of business cadence and pace at which they can make those changes. In the end, when we want everybody to play, to be able to play on Xbox, we really mean if you can bring that the full experience to the device the player wants. We're totally open to discussions. All right, I mean, I'm gonna call some BS on that, honestly. But that was a uh, that was Phil Spencer. That's the uh, 
or the head dudes of uh, Xbox. Interesting. It'll be interesting to see how they go about that. <laughs> I don't know, dude. There's no way. Why would they do that? It actually, it actually acts their, acts their. I think, I think in the corporate boardroom, what they're thinking is, you know, if we could become the Netflix of the game world, we'll have auto money for the rest of our lives. Is Netflix doing good though? No. <laughs> <laughs> or okay, I guess the Disney Plus of the game world. Uh, yeah, that's Disney. Okay. They yeah, want to own watch. as much as Disney does in the gaming space by buying up everything and then producing garbage for the rest of. Uh... I don't know, man. There's like Sony also buying, you know, everything as well. Nintendo buying everything as well. You know, the yeah. PC platform exists. I don't know. It seems impractical. Yeah, it's a bit of a different landscape, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's what they're thinking anyway. You know, let's be the the Disney Plus of the gaming world. You know, big ambitions. All right, cool. Well, uh, you're welcome to uh, follow us uh, on Twitch. We have uh, VOD enabled, so if you want to check out the stream after it comes down, it will be there immediately. Twitch is actually pretty cool with that. It just immediately appears, whereas YouTube, it takes a long time to process. On YouTube, we have a YouTube channel as well, so you can go check us out there and subscribe. Our episodes, like, finally edited and looking nice and all that kind of stuff, will come out throughout the week. Um, we're also in audio only form as this is a podcast and I don't think I plugged that enough. So you can check out links to, uh, your favorite podcasting platform, including Spotify in the description. And last but not least, if you want to continue the conversation, join our discord. Yeah. Nathan just put the uh, links in the chat right there. Uh, we have a fun time there. Um, just talking about art all week. Um, it's growing, uh, by the week. You can also submit, uh, games, music, short films, I would even say photography if you want, 3D models, you know, branding work that you're doing. Really, uh, any art, really. Yeah, just post your art there, and uh, there's a good chance, very good chance, that we'll uh, review it in the future. So uh, join our Discord, it's a fun time. And uh, with that, I guess uh, have a good week. Peace out. All right, have a, have a good day. Thanks for showing up. Bye. Bye.